connecting on a personal level. Having been a playwright, what works in the theater is the same, I think, in what works in making sales social. When you find something that's extremely singular and personal, that becomes universal. In talking to prospects, whether they're in a consult with me or I'm just making a, a LinkedIn reel, I'm trying to address the specific. I imagine who I'm talking to and what their issue is. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. We're excited you're here because I have such a fabulous guest. Ratik Orfeen is the founder of Creative Calling Coaching. She works with creatives to be successful entrepreneurs that want to take their artistic ability, but they need guidance. People with a little bit of ADD or, you know, kind of they're all a little bit all over the place, but they really want to hone in and make a living doing what they love the most. Welcome to the show, Rati. I'm excited that you're here. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. She said as a frog jumped into her throat, but fantastic. Awesome. That's Did I miss anything in talking? You about nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, thank you. you awesome. Well, so, you know, I, I'm just thrilled to have you on today. We just newly met, but I think we connected right away. And I was so excited to learn from you. And I'm excited for you to share some of your genius with our listeners. But before we get into that, we ask all of our guests one question, which is what does making sales social mean to you? What does making sales social mean to me? It makes, I think it means connection. I'm probably not the first to say that, but connecting on a personal level, you know, and, and actually, you know, having been a playwright, what works in the theater is the same, I think, in what works in making sales social, you know, when you find something that's extremely uh, singular and personal, that becomes universal. So in talking to prospects, whether they're in a consult with me, or I'm just making a, a LinkedIn reel, I'm trying to address the specific. I imagine who I'm talking to and what their issue is. That's what I'm trying to address. So for me, that's what making sales. So I love that. I absolutely do that. Personalization is so Personalization. important. Yeah. And when you have your ideal person in mind, mm. especially if it's video, you talked about reels, especially if it's video, they're connecting with you. It's funny because you might put that content out there one time, but you have 30, 40, 50 people that really connect with it. They feel like they know you. And mm. so that is, it's like literally it's social at scale. So yes. I, I think that's awesome. I love that. So when we talked the other day, we talked about how hard it is for creatives, artists, to, that are ice, you know, their their creative is isolated. It's it's you know in their basement, in their homes. They haven't really been able to monetize it, and that's where you come in and help them. So talk to me about the journey from 
I am really good at what I do, but I don't know how to make money doing it. To now I'm an entrepreneur doing what I love. That's a lovely question. And first, though, I want to speak to something you said about uh, creative being isolated. Um, That I don't believe that's true. I don't agree with that. I have a differing opinion around that. First of all, things like acting. Acting is a social art. Yes, that's true. It's totally the you are totally non-isolated. If you're going to get out there and connect, and you got to get to know casting directors and all of that. But uh, you know, certainly the creative process. If you are like a visual artist or even a composer, whatever, a writer of any kind, that can be isolating, I think. But when it comes to what you're talking about, taking it from being a hobby to a profession. Yeah. Uh, isolation has no place. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so how, how do you make that shift? Right. Great question again. How do you make that shift? Um, sorry to be repeating. I'm a verbal processor. That's one thing I do with my clients. I, I find out what makes them tick. Some of them need to think out loud. And I'm among that number. I'm a verbal processor. So if I repeat a question, that's why. Yeah, no, uh, I'm the same way, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So first, uh, I help them get clear about where they are now, right? Uh, They may be much further along, perhaps, in their journey of becoming a pro than they realize. So for instance, I worked with a young musician uh, who was very accomplished, and she, you know, she was doing concerts, she was out there, and all she needed to do was systematize her marketing so that she was doing the same thing every week, you know, and continually reaching out on social media every week, having a newsletter and building that list and sending those that out every week. You know, just the the thing is there's redundancy that can be unappealing to creatives in marketing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I get that. that. Right? And, yeah. and we all know that eventually you get the support of a team in helping you. And I also coach people to get to that point so they don't think they're doing it all alone because you're making the art. That's the one thing nobody else can do. Right. Uh, uh, so she's doing extremely well now, having uh, upped her, her um, visibility. Then there are people who think they are much closer to turning their art into a business than they are. And, uh, you know, for instance, they've never written for television and they want to get on the staff of SNL. That was my dream. Really? It was. Yeah. Uh, No joke. uh, Well, it's a lovely dream. And it's like climbing Everest. Right. You you know, it's not impossible, but, you know, you have to understand that there's an incline for a goal like that. Uh, And it's steep. So folks like that, I have to be very careful. I don't want to discourage. It's not my business to pop anyone's dream, you know, blow, pop their bubble. However, I'm not doing a service to them if I'm not real and saying, well, let's just start out Mm. with getting some work on its feet, getting some work written and on its feet. Tested. Tested. Right. I love that. And then from there, we can get into community building, networking, um, 
you know, maybe there, there's probably a, a lower bar than SNL to initially, uh, you know, get, you might end up doing a web series, I, you know? Uh, so yeah. really, that's, that's, so the journey is very individual. It's a very individual. That's aspect. awesome. So, so I used to rewrite the skits to be funnier. That was my, that's what I always wanted to go in there. Like after I watched it. You wanted to be a doc, the, the doctor. I, I know. I just was like, oh, they <laughs> missed it by an inch. Because often <laughs> yeah. they do. Oh, yes. Anyway, so <laughs> once we had, so the, a big piece of this is building a path. Now, right. a lot, a lot of creatives want to work their way out of a job, right? Like yeah, they're making true. a living in a pretty boring, not <laughs> motivating way, but you know, they got to eat. Mm -hmm. So what are the steps that they have to take? I obviously, first we have to figure out if, well, a couple things I come to my mind and tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. They have to be really good to make it. You just really have to be good. Mm -hmm. You have to love it, right? Like you have to love what you're doing and someone has to be willing to pay you for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if all of the, how do you know if all of those things come together? Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Well, first of all, I think there is a mythology in the culture around making it. Uh, you know, that is such an, you know, what does that mean, right? Is, does it mean being a household name? If it does, uh, you know, I can't, you know, very few people are going to cross, cross that threshold. I mean, it's all, you know, nothing's impossible. However, I think it's the wrong point of focus. Um, so where do they start? I want to like start. First, I think they take pressure off making a living at their art, ironically. They oh. take the pressure off of their art. Now, of course, it depends where they are in their career. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, creatives fail to see their day job, as it were, as the patron of their art. It, you know, if, if you are suffering financially, that's all you're thinking about. That's right. Uh, and then you add the double whammy of your art having to be salable. Salable. It has, you have to make it sell. Uh, right. I think you can get so far away from your values creatively and your impulses creatively that you're kind of dead in the water before you start. So I coach a lot of people to get clear about what their baseline income is, like any business person, right? Mm -hmm. The base, how much do you need to make? Yeah, I love to live that. On? Right. 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 And so how, you go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no. So now we've decided, okay, I know that I need to make X number of dollars sure. to quit my job. To quit my What's job. the next okay. thing? How do I go, okay, how do I identify who will pay for this? Is it sellable? sellable? What, are the, what do I do? Yeah, again, it's, it, you know, it will really come down to the art, what it is. Now, uh, you know, initially, for instance, uh, for instance, with actors, I don't coach a lot of actors, but uh, and there's another coach who's hot, more qualified, uh, named Brian O'Neill, and he wrote a book called a very good book called Acting as a Business. 
But for instance, if you're an actor and you want to you want to get out of the day job thing, well, I think the shortest point between that and getting to be uh, financially somewhat independent is commercials. You know, uh, you, you you would really lean hard into getting commercial work. So if you want to write a book, would you go out and try to get published in Forbes and like blog? Yeah, if you were, yeah, if you were writing, well, first of all, if you were to write a book, we presume that you have finished it, that you have written it, I think, right? Uh, and then, you know, I, I think a writer may need to look at other ways to leverage their writing to make a living. That's the, 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 there might be steps between, a lot of steps between making a living as a novelist right and 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 getting out of a day job first make a living as a writer we might focus on that right uh, a copywriter uh and you know doing you know an editor uh you know um a journalist uh, you know but and and that means starting your own business in a sense uh, working on that concurrently because we're not all working all day long i think there's nothing wrong with putting together a strategy for getting published. So that may involve researching publishing companies online and finding out how to write a book proposal. Uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of um, Barbara Schur's work. I don't know if you know the book Wishcraft. Oh, good name. She, she is a lovely, she, it's a great, to me, she's the mother of coaching. And she had ADHD. Uh, and her, she's a proponent of reverse engineering, and she has a lovely flowchart in the book where you start with the goal, like getting published, getting my novel published, and then you work backwards. With, you know what has to happen right before that, right? Yeah, what you know, uh, the final draft has to be approved by the editor. What has to happen right before that? And continuing to break that down until you get to what you could do today. And that was that's like the mic drop moment here, right? Mm. Which is start with your goal and back yes. it out so yes. that you and in my, uh, you know, I would say put dates around it as best as you can. Oh, yes. Right. Smart goals. When, <laughs> smart goals, right. When will this be due? And what's the consequence if it's not due, right? So I love that. I think that backwards timeline is genius for, you know, this is when I want to quit my job. We don't want to work. It also keeps people, I think, connected to their why, because it's so easy, especially if you're someone with ADD for whom working memory is an issue. And what that means is uh, you can't quite remember how you did something. It always feels like you're reinventing the wheel. You know, that can, you know, every, all that, all there is, is the now. If you're doing some boring little research task, it could be easy to lose heart. Whereas if you have this flow chart, all you have to do is look at it and see where along the way you are and how it connects to getting the book published. Visual prompts like that, anything to keep your why in front of you. For people, for creative people, for neurodivergent people, you know, be, having that ignition, inspired ignition, you have to inspire yourself to ignite yourself to take action. And I love that breaking down something visually gives a person that. That's great. One of the specialties you have where I want to kind of wrap 
this up in Ooh. is really helping those with ADHD focus on being an entrepreneur. So That's talk right. to me a little bit about that. Right. Well, you know, uh, for one thing, I find this is true with all my clients. Uh, many times my, my ADHD clients are polymaths, meaning they're very good at everything. And just because you're very good at everything, it doesn't mean you should be doing everything. Uh, you know, as soon as possible, in order to stay consistent, especially if you have ADHD, where, you know, what you want is not always aligned with what you feel, it's important to create a support system. And that includes uh, fellow entrepreneurs. And it also includes team. If you have somebody, even just a virtual assistant, three hours a week, making sure that you are posting on social media consistently. You know, consistency is what gets you seen. Uh, don't try to do it alone. That's, that is where in working with entrepreneurs, I, I really campaign. It is a campaign to get people to believe in themselves enough to invest that money to hire yeah, team. I love that. And I, you talk about three keys, yes. clarity, yeah. focus, and action. Mm -hmm. So how does that all pull in to what you do? And then how do we, if there are people that are like, oh, I really want to have a conversation with Rati or how would they get in touch with you? So if we can end this with kind of bringing it together with those three keys and oh, yeah. next steps. Right. The three keys. I wrote that a long time ago. Ah, <laughs> I did my research. Clarity, focus, and action. Thank you for reminding me what I said. Oh, that's embarrassing. Anyway, yeah, clarity, focus, and action. Well, clarity is knowing what you want. That's the big question. What do you want? Not what you think you should want. What do you want? And then mm -hmm. once you really are honest with yourself about that, you can focus on the shortest path to getting it. That simplifies Ooh. life considerably. And you identify actions that will have the most impact. For instance, the shortest distance is I've heard a coach say between your bank account and, uh, you know, your, your market is a conversation. Yeah. be The most frightening thing to ask for conversations for uh, to to get work. Right. So right. if you're clear that you know what the work it is you want to do and you know what problem you solve for people, then you take those high impact actions. You don't stick around on your website, you know, no, people build businesses without a website these days. Even, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love that. I, I have, I have a, a client that just launched without a website, yeah, right? but owns the domain and is redirecting sure. it to his LinkedIn profile. That's brilliant. That's so, yeah. that is so efficient. Yeah. I love efficiency. Uh, and you know what? You don't get, you don't come about efficiency alone either. Right. Because it's true. You know, sometimes ideas can only come through conversation. Uh, so get out of isolation. That's that's number one. And people can uh, go to my website, creativecallingcoaching.com, and you can schedule a conversation with me through there. And, uh, you know, that's how they can, that's what they can do. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, I think was. there are so many people in, in a sales role that are probably listening today that have a different passion that really want to follow something else. And I think that the things that you talked about today are going to get some people really excited to start pursuing that. So, well, I hope so. And I am so delighted you had me. I had such fun. It went, it flew by in 10 minutes. It, feels it like. did. I mean, yeah, it, it's 
crazy. I mean, we do keep them around 20 minutes and we're just about that 20 minute mark. And, and I appreciate your time. Uh, and I'm sure that the listeners got great value. And as we close this, close this out to everyone that is listening right now, when you're out and about in the world, don't forget to make your sales social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.